Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. Now, don't you worry, we're not going to spend the entire episode talking about beards. Just that's the beginning of the conversation. But there's some pretty serious hot takes from many saints and church fathers about beards. And you might be wondering what in the world that has to do with culture. Well, time will tell. All right. Because in just a moment, I'll be sitting down with Father Ryan Adorjan to not only talk about beards, okay, but specifically stability. And this is a little reminiscent of the conversation we had with Dr. Ryan Hanning about a month ago about place, the importance of place. But we put a bit of a different spin on it, Father Ryan and I, and really looking forward to hearing what you think, because I think all of us deep down in our souls, we long for stability. I must say, as a missionary, as a bit of a wandering, nomadic sort of entrepreneur and missionary for the last 10 years, there has been great joy, tremendous peace, and really sinking my roots down here in Tampa and enjoying, you know, geographic stability, familial stability. My mom and my dad both live close by, financial stability. There's something about stability that we need in order to sort of wake up every day and sort of make our way through life. But also the danger, I think, for all of us is to get comfortable. We'd never want to get comfortable. And uh, there's something about remembering that we're never home yet, that even our little glimpses of stability also come with a certain homesickness because we are made ultimately for God's glory. And there's always going to be a homesickness for heaven. And so anyways, there's a lot to come in this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back with Father Ryan in just a moment. In the meantime, enjoy this beautiful song by Kevin Hyder called Permanent Valentine. The road's been kind when push has shoved But I'm looking for a different kind of love I need an accomplice, a partner in crime I need a permanent Father Ryan, welcome back. Thank you so much. We're sitting here after a few hours of hanging out today, and you're only just not noticing that I, I recently shaved. I've got a baby face again. Yes, and, and you can't, those, I, you can't <laughs> like overstate the, the reality of this shave. I mean, there was a David Crowder beard there. It was getting big. Four hours ago, there was one there. Five hours ago, whatever it was, and now it's not there. Mm -hmm. But you look now the way you did when I met you, yeah. which is the way that like, when I conceive of Jimmy Mitchell in my mind, That's you weird, look like yeah. this. So I wasn't really like, oh, there's Jimmy Mitchell. But now <laughs> it's sort of just like hitting me now that you're sh clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. It's funny timing because I don't know when this episode is, is releasing, but it'll surely be a few months 
from when the shave actually took place. Duck Dynasty no longer. You know, I had a moment as I was shaving. I, I thought, where did my chin go? Like I'm sitting there trying to find it. And then suddenly it appears and it's just so much smaller than I remembered. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Never in my entire life have I looked in the mirror and thought, who am I? I could, there was a moment of, I don't recognize my chin. It's wow. a very strange moment. It's a nice chin. Thank you so much. Uh, nice chin. <laughs> Just be glad you don't have a puppy or a child who you'd have to hold while you shave so that they recognize you after it's over. Oh, that'd be so crazy. There's going to be a lot of heartbroken boys at Jesuit High School. They liked it a lot more than my mom. Did they name it? Dad. You know what? It, that was the problem. Mm. You just named the exact problem. It was becoming uh, too much of a thing. Yeah. It, it was well on its way to having a name, and I just was ready to detach a little no, bit. No, it's time to get rid of that. Yes. Time yes. to get rid of that. I thought about it last week. Today was the day. I've been thinking about it for a few weeks. Praise God from <laughs> Your beard is pathetic. Well, it's pathetic. Longest it ever got was COVID, or has you grown it longer than that in the past? When I had COVID last November, that was probably the real mm-hmm. most honest oomph de do I've ever given it. Really? That was about four weeks of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were quarantined for three weeks in our parish. When I lived in Peru, I gave it a good old college try also. Really? And that was, that was it's just not. It doesn't come in full or it's too splotchy. Is that how you'd say it? It sort of just stops after uh-huh. a while and it doesn't, it's not full and <laughs> it's not, it just, it's like it just grow it like runs out of energy and just doesn't get any longer. It just gets more itchy. Yeah, it Somehow does. over it time, does. I can grow one heck of a mustache, I'll tell you that. So here's my question. What do you think about this? We've got some saints with some very strong opinions about beards. Yeah. Have you heard these? No. I'm sure. Really? Okay. If it starts to sound familiar, let me know. This is from St. Augustine. He says that the beard signifies the courageous. The beard distinguishes the grown men, the earnest, the active, the vigorous, so that when we describe such, we say, he is a bearded man. That's pretty good. Before that you name these people or as you name these people and before you read their thoughts, can you clarify for us whether they themselves were bearded or not? St. Augustine is looking very bearded in the image that they chose. Okay. So let's go with yes. Next one is Laxensius. Does that ring any bells? No. Looks like Lactansius. Lactansius. The nature of the beard, and I quote, contributes in an incredible degree to distinguish the maturity of bodies or to the distinction of sex and to the beauty of manliness and strength. It's like the fourth century. Hmm. Here's another one from the fourth century. Ooh, that one's looking a little little intense. We may not want to have to clean that one up. We'll move on to St. Clement of Alexandria, third century. Also looking very bearded, according to this Wikipedia image. Must have been a black and white photo from the third century. Yeah, this is going to get crazy. Okay, here we go. God wished women to be smooth and rejoice in their locks alone, growing spontaneously. But he's adorned man like the lions with a beard and endowed him as an attribute of manhood, a a shaggy chest, a sign of strength and rule. (laughs) This then, the mark of the man, the beard, by which he is seen to be a man. And then it goes on to say some things we probably don't want to have to explain. So, 
It's obviously this great distinguisher between the sexes, right? This sign of apparently courage, according to Augustine, earnestness, vigor. These are the reasons I grew that beard, if, if not also because I'm surrounded by boys. Mm. And sometimes it's just nice to distinguish yourself. To not look like one of them. To not look like one of them. You know? I have no, no hair, Jimmy. The top of my head is basically empty. The sides <laughs> of it have a nice wreath of hair, but that's it. So, yeah, I just don't really buy any of that. Yeah. You just said. I mean, it seems pretty It's just short. so interesting because, like, every emperor of Rome would disagree with you. Yeah. Pretty much. A lot it seems of, they pretty were a lot shallow. Of more clean shaven. Yeah, it seems very superficial. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know that in like Eastern traditions, in the Orthodox traditions, in the monastic tradition. Yeah, there's a, a beard is a sign of stability. You know, you've been there for a while. You're growing <laughs> your beard for a while, and it's yeah, it's a sign of wisdom and maturity, but also, you know, gosh, it's just fascinating. That's the perfect segue into the topic I wanted to discuss today. Lay it on me. Stability. Oh. Now, this can take a lot of different forms, right? Stability of place. You could talk about stability of finances. You could talk about stability of mental health. Yeah, mental stability. <laughs> a lot of different. Sorely lack. But let's begin with stability of place. I mean, I think about the great monks, right? A- any great Benedictine monastery, of course. Poverty, chastity, obedience, stability. What's going on there? What's the wisdom of stability? You know, we were just chatting briefly yesterday about Wendell Berry. Many of his books, if not very overtly, at least implicitly, communicate the value of place and, and the, the power of, of being stable, you know? That's never been a, a high virtue, at least in my sort of natural state. I love travel. I love adventure. And there's a place for all of that, obviously. But I could have never imagined life for the last 20 years anyways without being able to call Nashville home. When I first discovered Nashville, I mean, I knew she was going to be home. I was a junior in high school. I was smitten. And I stayed there, you know, for 16, 17 years from that point on. But now I'm down in Tampa and I'm one year into it and it already feels like home. And I can't imagine life at the moment anywhere else. So even with all of my adventurousness, you know, and at times restlessness, there's something deep inside of me that wants to sink roots, that wants stability of place. I mean, what do the monks happen into and what, what does that look like for most of us? Well, I, for one, am very happy that you feel quite at home here in Tampa. I'm very happy to come visit this home. Yes. Uh, not that I wasn't happy to visit the home in Nashville, of course, but this is uh, more my speed, I would say. It's a better view. It's a better view out that window. We're every back time. at the bayou today. Back at the bayou. I got the bayou view. View de bayou, as they say. <laughs> yeah, stability is is something that's ancient. And, and really, again, I think a lot of our first seasons together was sort of me just bashing the modern period and me bashing a lot of modernity. <laughs> I don't regret it. But... Um, <laughs> This is something that truly has changed. And if you've ever read Wendell Berry, especially Jaber Crow, but other books in the Port Williams series, I'm thinking of A Place on Earth or some of his, like the book about Hannah Coulter. But Wendell Berry is so good at writing about the importance of a physical place on earth. Hmm. A place 
he even says in Jaber Crow, Jaber, the main character, is, is reflecting like what a, what a privilege it is that we all have occupied this same small place in this small silver of time. Hmm. And we've all, we are each other's influences, oh, you know? That's and that's so beautiful. I, I use that at funerals a lot, actually, hmm. because I think that's important. So remember that, you know, we can say, well, I'm always at home in Christ. You know what I mean? And this was one of my great COVID tactics, you know, like if we were sitting together with people during the high mask mandate times in Illinois and <laughs> and people would say, oh, you know, well, you know, if, if, if you don't live together, if you don't share a home, then you have to wear masks. And I would say, we're actually all at home together in the heart of the Father. So Amen. thanks so much. Amen. So yeah, you have a home there. You keep Christ as your home. He is our destination. He is our origin. Yeah, fine. You could say that. But remember that God did not remain distant from his people. He became one of them. He's mm. incarnate, which mm. means home is going to look like something when it's lived best. So stability is going to look like somewhere stable, something stable when it's lived in the best way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, yesterday we were talking about the great monastery of Montserrat yes. outside of Barcelona. Yes, we were. So the monks there, of course, you know, why has that been such a, a, a place of kind of note and repute? Everybody says, nobody says, the architecture is amazing. No, what, what did you say first? They've been praying there for a thousand years. They've been praying there for a thousand years. That's what everybody says, you know, because that's so notable. And why is that notable for us? It's because I think our culture now has a tendency and a love, a true love to uproot, yeah, to displace for the sake of sometimes renewal. One thing that I really admire about high school kids now and kids in college now is that maybe I don't agree with what they're saying, but I, I do appreciate their desire for authenticity, yeah. for integrity for being who you say you are all the way until it's umpteenth conclusion, you know, and that's not all, that's not a bad thing. So that could be a good thing that if something truly, if you have weeds growing up, you must uproot those. But at the same time, what do we tell our kids? What do we tell our kids? A while ago, new polity, you ever read them? Mark mm. Barnes yeah. he used to write bad Catholic. Now that's he right. writes for new polity. I'd love Mark Barnes. I, I I have a very like an intellectual man crush on Mark Barnes, and I, if you're listening, Mark, <laughs> thanks for everything. <laughs> but I, he, he, he's what? What do we tell our kids when they're little? You see a, a kid who's a great baseball player. What do you say? Wow, you're going to make it out there someday. You're going to be great out there someday. You know, you find somebody who's really smart or whatever, or we teach kids from the earliest age to get out of here, Mm. that their small town is what holds them back, that the personalities in their small town is what holds them back, Mm. that the attitudes of their small life that they lived with their family holds them back, you know? And so we send kids off largely to have all the work that their parents did undone in a very short amount of time. And that's sad to me because we're not born to live that way, that here and now in this place where you've been planted is the place where you are. And that's the place where you're going to flourish if you let yourself. So that old bloom where you're planted adage, you know, that our our moms and dads used to say is cliche. And most cliche things are cliche because they're true. Mm. So I, I would just say that there is an importance to a physical place and being stable to a physical place, but also because 
you know, they say that if your room is really messy, you should probably take a look at your interior life. <laughs> because if your interior life is screwed up and is all in chaos, then you're going to have a lot of instability in your in your physical kind of lived life. Yeah. Which is true. I think anyway, it's true. So take a look there at what's really going on. Cardinal George, the former Archbishop of Chicago who died in 2015, he said, you know, he was asked, why is it, why is celibacy for priests still important? And, you know, the reasons for celibacy, many and varied, that's not what this podcast is about, but a lot of people will say it's, it's a total commitment, right, to Christ and his church. It sure is. It's a complete gift of self. It sure is. And we all expected a kind of pious answer like that. And Cardinal George said, because it's one of the, the very few visible witnesses of stability mm. that a person can give themselves totally and forever to one thing, mm. to one person, to one group, you know, yeah. whereas now it's, yeah, well, you get divorced yeah. after two months, three months. Okay, bye. You know, you don't want a kid, get rid of it, you know? You, whatever, you know, you, you don't like the job, move around. My brother is the king of moving around. He's moved so many times. Hmm. And he'll say, this is what we do. This is what you millennials do. We just move around, which I don't agree with that. But then again, <laughs> I, I, I'm a priest, you know. So where I move and when I move is largely not up to me. So I think that that is the big takeaway about stability and the reason that stability is the fourth vow of the Benedictines, but also is is a topic that's so, well, it's more either more relevant than ever, especially because the culture seeks to uproot, to mm. displace. Whereas when you had a more agrarian culture, obviously it was a literal putting down roots, you know, in the fields, but also that was what was going on with your family as well, mm -hmm. you know. Can you have culture without stability? Not for very long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not for very long. I think we see that wherever humans live, there will be culture, mm -hmm. for sure. I think it's so interesting looking back at the last year when everyone was at home and how many, especially in more highly populated areas, admittedly, you know, I think of those videos from Italy or from New York or Chicago of people coming out on their balconies and applauding together at the same time every day to keep each other going or to yeah. putting messages in their windows or whatever. There's going to be culture. There's going to be yeah. a kind of common something being built no matter where humans live because it's in our nature to do it. Mm -hmm. But however long it lasts depends on how stable it, people are. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I don't know that my appreciation for it really grew until I was at seminary and I started to hear about, you know, the Catholic land movement. And I started to meet friends who had come out of very agrarian lifestyles in their upbringing. I mean, I feel like especially the Midwest is a perfect example of that. We have a lot of patrons in the Midwest and, you know, they're not living in the concrete jungles that you and I are used to. You know, their lives are necessarily dependent on the land. Yeah. And in some cases, the weather, things that are totally out of their control. I do think it's very, very easy to lose your head when you're able to sort of create your own reality. Yeah. You know, because ultimately it's just not difficult to end up in, in fantasy, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a joy. There's a joy even right now. I mean, I mean, I know I keep talking about it. It's still the thing I'm just so excited about. But working in a high school, there's no like, ah, gosh, hope to see you again, you know? Yeah. Maybe see you next year at, at the camp or at the conference or at the retreat, you know? And it's like, I'll see you Monday. See you tomorrow. You know? Yeah. We don't have to hustle our way through the entire Paschal mystery every time we sit down and talk. I can just be with you. Yeah. And we can suffer together and we can rejoice together and we can arrive at the resurrection together. There's a real joy in it. If, if Father Hermes, our president, was Abbot Hermes, I mean, I would be done. What would your name be? Brother John Francis. Or Brother like Jamiculus. <laughs> the bearded. <laughs> yeah. It would be like a, I wouldn't hesitate. It'd be like the most obvious, yes, this is it for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, you know? Yeah. And there's something in every human heart that I think longs for that. That's what's going in to any vocation, whether it's marriage or priesthood or religious life. What's we the most stable thing of all, the most stable community? Mm. Ooh, can I, can I answer that? Yeah. The Trinity. The Trinity. Yes. Yeah, the Trinity. Safest place on earth. In whose image are we made? Mm. God, the Holy Trinity, made in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm who is the most stable community on earth. And so we crave at the deepest level, a stable, life-giving, reciprocal, integrated community. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. And it, I think- But it takes work to get there. You and I have talked about this, I think throughout the uh, bonus series, the C.S. Lewis bonus series, this you know, often forgotten, totally essential part of the gospel, which is that we are- swept up we are incorporated into that divine communion the divine life right can live it now deification divinization whatever you want to call it you know dr ryan Hammond, this is one of his constant points that we're sometimes so obsessed with the fall and redemption fall and redemption he says this is almost a reaction to the protestant reformation yeah we don't talk enough about the glory that we came from right yeah essentially creation and, and life before the fall right and we don't talk enough about the glory for which we are made, which is ultimately heaven, you know? And I, I find that to be really true. And I think that is one of the the, the unique aspects of, of love good that we're trying to constantly bring to the forefront is that that actually there is divine beauty, you know, at, at every turn. If we have the lens to see it, if we have the eyes to see it, God is constantly revealing his beauty, his glory, right? And it's 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 a reminder of you know, that divine life from which we came, the great exitus, right, of creation, but also the the glory for which we were made, the, the reditus, the great return back to the heart of the Father, you know. And to remember that repentance, freedom from sin, yeah, is literally as low as the bar gets. Yeah. That's not the championship of Christianity. That is a, the entrance of Christianity. Well so said. that's as low, that's the beginning stage. Yeah. Everything proceeds from there. So if we spend our whole life in the fall and redemption, fall and redemption, fall and redemption. It's exhausting. It's not only exhausting, but it's, you've missed everything being offered to you. Mm. You've missed everything being offered to you. So maybe we'll just kind of, I just want to say this kind of by way of clarification. Are we saying that everyone needs to stay wherever they were born? No, of course not. Are we saying that the best way of life, the most Christian, authentic life is in a farmland? No, we're not saying that. 
What we are saying, though, is stop moving around for the sake of moving around. Mm. Stop moving around looking for the community, which if you just invested in the people that were there, would form itself. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. You saw what happened here last night. Yeah. We had a bunch of guys over for a cookout, you know, smoking some cigars, walking to the beach. These are all guys who, they know each other for the most part, you know, but they don't ever get together. You know, it does take some serious intentionality to to build wherever you are, to build that community, to have that sense of home and stability. Like it doesn't just happen. Right. You know? Right. And I think there's something uh, beautiful about what you're really calling all of us to do, which is to play our part in in the building of that culture, in the building of that community, in the in the sinking of our roots so that we do have that virtue of stability in our lives and that other people would have it as well. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's for the sake of others. Um, maybe the, the last thing I would love to ask you before we wrap up this conversation, let's just assume the worst here. Because some days, especially in the last year and a half, people have found it easy to assume the worst. You think just the way that the world is going can be a little bit dicey at times. So let's assume that everything really is falling apart, whether that's happening on some kind of cultural or historic level or just on a personal way, everything is falling apart. Someone's losing their job. Someone's spouse is dying of cancer. Uh, they have to sell their home because they can no longer afford it. Like circumstances are, are moving them to where there's no sense of stability, right? So I'm talking about kind of the externals that we normally associate with stability and that certainly assists with stability. What are the internals? What are the immovable, immutable things that can keep stability ever growing in our souls? I, I, this is not. This is kind of a leading question, but practically speaking, how can people live that tranquility of order that Saint Augustine defines peace to be by having that stability deep within their soul that's unaffected by all the external circumstances of their lives? Well, one thing. I learned when I traveled abroad, no matter where I've lived, Peru, Italy, Israel, Palestine, no matter where, especially when we were living together with our classmates in, in Israel and Palestine, and we would travel to a new religious house, a retreat center, or we would visit a church. I never felt like it was a new place mm. if there was a tabernacle there. Amen. Because it's, it's the same you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. He's the alpha and the omega, you know, the beginning and the end, the first and the last and the one who lives. So that's obviously maybe the question, the answer you led me right into, but that's the answer, I think, is to cultivate a, a, an honest God prayer life, mm. a, a true, intimate solicitude, solitude, I guess, an exclusive relationship with the Lord something that's intimate, something that's personal with him. Because no matter where you go, he's there. You may notice, remember when I first got into the little hut where I'm staying now, you know, what was the first thing I asked you for? If you could bring over a crucifix, mm. because there wasn't one there. Mm -hmm. And I, that helps me feel like, okay, that's the center. That's the rock. That's why I am. So uh, there it is, you know. So I think that that is the most important thing. And I would say to invest in meaningful physical things, right? Mm -hmm. So don't invest in, there's nothing wrong with having a car or something, you know, but invest in books that you can take with you places. 
stop reading on your Kindle. Okay, reading on your Kindle is like morally fine, but for me to bring the same bravery with me everywhere I go and to know that that thing has become like a friend to me, mm. my, my same black moleskin journal that I take everywhere, my little red pocket Ignatius Bible that's been with me on almost every continent on this planet, that's gone with me, you know? So there are, there are reminders of home even when you're away from home. You know, in those movies where the World War II pilot puts a picture of his wife or child in his airplane, mm -hmm. that he might have taken that picture off of the credenza at home, you know, and so he knows that's a picture of those people at home, but this is a picture, a physical picture that's been with me mm -hmm. also. So I would say to invest in things like that as well and to not be afraid to, to have a couple of things that you always bring with you whenever you're going to be like away. Yeah. That's important because it, it, again, it's an outward sign of an interior disposition or reality, an incarnational thing mm. that your stability really will look like something. Yeah. Beautiful. Father Ryan, thank you. It's always a pleasure. And who knows where the Spirit will lead us next time around. But I like this. I like the un we, we're never really scripted. Into the unknown. We often have a plan. Into the unknown. Sounds good to me. We'll keep following the wild goose, eh? Honk honk. See you in a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> that was terrible. Goodbye. Peace. In trouble. You're listening to Safe in the Waves by Jay and Joe, all right? That is the, the two-part sister duo, Janaea Trudell, her sister Jalissa. Many of you remember Janaea from season one of the podcast, an amazing song. And like all of the music that we ever feature on the podcast, it's available everywhere digital music is streamed. Y'all, thank you for tuning in. Another fun conversation with Father Ryan Adorjan. He's one of those people that I only get to see two or three times a year, but I'm always bumping into mutual friends. As recently as yesterday, uh, I met a, a mutual priest friend of ours, Father Carolla, this great Jesuit living in Rome, teaching at the Gregorian, the Pontifical Gregorian University. I don't even know how Father Ryan is aware and, and, and in touch with Father Carolla, but sure enough, he walked right up to me and he said, hey, we're very mutual friends with the one and only Father Ryan Adorjan. And that's kind of how the Catholic world goes. I think the Christian world goes. Once you know a few people, you kind of suddenly know everybody. And that's a, a great beauty, I think, in the community and the, the sense of belonging that we all long for. And so I hope you guys in your own lives, in your own communities, amongst your own families and friends, there's that deep sense of stability and belonging. And uh, I know that even when hundreds of miles separate us. Most powerfully through prayer, we are deeply, deeply united. And as always, I appreciate your prayers. Be assured of mine. 
for all, all of you out there, our listeners, especially our patrons. And just know that next week we are kind of getting close to the launch, or I should at very least say, the sort of reveal of our fall package. We've got Marisol Alisea coming on, as she always does every few weeks. We're going to talk about dating. A little bit awkward for me, but I don't mind it. You know, we've had a few podcast episodes solely dedicated to dating. Don't ask me why. But we're doing that again next week. And then following that, Marisol will be sitting down with one of the artists featured in our package. And with that will come a huge, huge reveal of what is in fact going out to all of our patrons in the fall package. So stay tuned for all of that. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and enjoy these final days of August. We'll see you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.